Hi, welcome to Unleash Ministries podcast, where Pastor Nathan Sanford will guide us through daily Bible studies, prophetic revelations, and life-changing encounters with the Father's love. Join us for near daily content as we dive into the Word of God. I'm not. Um, uh, we're continuing definitely down with the uh, the rest of, or continuing through our journey here through First uh, Peter. We're in chapter two, verse uh, four. But what I wanted to do, like, kind of to introduce this whole chapter, is, man, I have just been feeling today such a strong presence of the Lord, such a strong feeling from God that He is calling people up and out, and, and, and He wants to bring you forth. He wants to call you forth. He wants to bring you up. And what I'm hearing and sensing so much right now is that there are some who have been so hurt, so wounded, so tired, so confused, so used to either running or getting beat up or sticking your head in the sand because you're like, you know what? I just don't want to do it anymore that there's a, there there's a, a I don't know just something that's working to kind of keep you from coming to the fullness of what's you and what's in you and what God has placed in you and I, I want to just kind of address that right away and we're going to go right into first Peter 2 4 because he says this and coming to him as to a living stone and I want you to know right now there's a coming to him there's a time right now for us just to come to him. In fact, I'm praying over you right now. I believe there's a, a divine discontent that is so in the earth right now where it's like <clears throat> nothing is like satisfying to you at all. Nothing. It's just discontent in your heart. And it's like the things you used to be able to relax in and just feel okay in. Like, uh, you know, maybe you used to be able to unwind by watching said show on Netflix or whatever your deal is. Um, it's like that just isn't working. It's like you sit down to relax, to unwind. And it's almost like you just can't. It's like, And it's not even a bad thing, but it's like you feel the Lord just tugging on your heart and tugging on your heart and tugging on your heart. He's like, you got to come to me. You got to come to me right now. And, and I know you can come to him while watching a show or while, you know, doing whatever you're doing, but there's just a turning to him in your spirit where it's like there's a divine urgency and a divine discontent. So this this verse, 1 Peter 2, verse 4, he says, coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men. There's so many of us and so many of you that have felt rejected. You felt rejected by men. You're like, I just don't fit in. I just, I just can't figure out my place. I, I keep feeling rejected and dejected. I keep feeling like there's just not a place for me. I keep feeling like every time I turn to go somewhere, I'm just, I just can't figure out where I'm supposed to be going. Um, and you know, maybe in some of, the, of you, it really, it really is. You've been rejected by men. And some of you just feel like you have because it's it's like this place where you just want to be able to go, but there, there's almost like no place like home. Like there's no place you can find that even feels like home. And, and I know a lot of you have kind of rooted into different churches or different ministries, and it felt like, oh, this has got to be it. This has got to be home. And then two months later, five months later, six months later, a year later, you're realizing, man, a hundred percent of what I put into here is just not what I thought it would be. Um, and he understands that. Like First Peter, again, is written to people who are going to be or are under severe persecution. And it's a really hard time for them. And he's trying to say, look, you come to him to, uh, as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, 
but is choice and precious in the sight of God. Now, and of course, in the context, he's talking about Jesus being coming to Jesus, who is a living stone, um, which has been rejected by men. Meaning, Jesus has been rejected by my men, just like some of you feel. But actually, he is choice and precious in the sight of God. And I, and I want to speak this over you right now, that you are choice and you are precious in the sight of God. And, and you may feel like you've been rejected by men. And maybe some of you actually have, but you're choice and you're precious in the sight of God. And I want you to hear that, like you're choice and precious in the sight of God, not because of anything you've done, but because of who he says you are. For because of who he put in you, you are choice and precious in the sight of God. Verse five, you also as living stone. So he's saying basically Jesus is a living stone and you also are living stones. And he said, you are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. And I want to, I want to let you know, the reason he talks about in the beginning being rejected by men is, 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 you know, a lot. And again, a lot of you have felt rejected by men. And and when that happens is you want to isolate you know, you just want to pull away. You're like, I don't want to try this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. It's like I've tried so hard to be a part of stuff, and I keep on feeling like I end up out on my butt, you know, and you're, <laughs> you're feeling that. And it wants, you, know, you want to do that isolation thing. But he says, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. And I want to let you know, like, none of us are designed to be alone. Like, you cannot be a believer, just you and the Lord. I'm not saying you can't, like, in a literal sense. I'm saying you will not fulfill your calling here on earth and exercise your whole authority and your whole gifts here on earth without being connected to a spiritual house. And again, I don't mean, like, okay, I belong to X and such church, like, I really don't mean that. I mean, I mean you're connected to and in the body of Christ in a real, deep, transparent, relational way. That's what I'm saying. And in the, the how we define church is changing. There's all kinds of different ways that are kind of people are experimenting with different kinds of liturgies because they're hungry. They're they're just hungry. They're they're hungry for that thing that that, that they found in their hearts, that fire burning that they're trying to find a place where, where it can burn. They're trying to find a, a place of like-minded people where they can burn in a holy house and basically saying, oh, uh, you, you're being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And I just want you to hear this. Like the only way to offer up any kind of acceptable sacrifice is in Jesus. Remember, no matter what we do, if it's outside of Christ, if it's outside of our love for him, if it's outside of who we are, if it's some kind of performance, if it's an obligation, it's just religion and it is not acceptable to God because nothing is acceptable to God except for absolute 100% perfection offered as a sacrifice. And that is absolutely not achievable outside of an indwelling of Holy Spirit through faith in Christ that where you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so that's what he's saying. We can offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And it basically goes, look, for this is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. So he's talking about Jesus being the choice stone, the precious cornerstone. Remember, the cornerstone isn't like 
literally in the corner like you would think the cornerstone is actually at the pinnacle so at the very top you put a cornerstone of a roof where the two sides of the roof would be pressing into the cornerstone meaning the cornerstone is what actually holds all the weight of the roof together and that's what he's talking about here he's talking about jesus is that choice cornerstone and he believes and who believes in him will not be disappointed um And he says, verse uh, seven, this precious value then is for you who believe. So I want you to understand when he talks about he who believes in him will not be disappointed. I want you again to understand that disappointment always comes when you put your faith in something other than Christ. As soon as you put your faith in your works, what you can do, how much fasting you can do, how much praying you can do, how much performing you can do. As soon as you put it in any of that or in someone else, you put it in someone else's works or you put it in anything other than the simple person of Christ Jesus, you will be disappointed every time, no matter what you accomplish or or what you do, or what you seek, because you'll put all this effort in, and you can get fruit. You can work in your flesh, and you can work outside of God. You can work just in your own performance, devoid of faith in Christ, and you can accomplish a lot. You really can, in terms of in the world. But it's all hay. It's all going to get burned up. And even once you accomplish it, you got to have always something more. It's like a drug. It's like a drug where you got to have more. It's like the people who work so hard in the church, and bless their hearts. Usually their hearts are in a good place, but they're working so hard to see a certain kind of fruit, and they're going for it and going for it and going for it and going for it. But then guess what happens? Like they end up with like, let's say they grow their church to 300. Well, that's not enough. Now I got to do 500. And that is even harder to try and get it up to that level. And I got that and I got to get 600. I mean, it's just like it never satiates that need. It's never enough. The room will never be full enough. It really will not. It, it, or I mean, that's just a church example. There's a million other ways this manifests. But when it's in him, when you believe completely in him, you will not be disappointed. And verse, because the reason you won't be disappointed is because every single thing you need is found in the depths of Christ Jesus and him alone and your relationship with him alone. Every need is satisfied. So whether it's five or 5,000, like Bob Jones says, it all pays the same. Like it's it really, truly doesn't matter. You're just, you're just so happy and filled to be in his presence. So verse seven, this precious value then is for you who believe. He goes, but for those who disbelieve. So here he goes. This is what the people who don't believe will get, <laughs> essentially. The stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone. Meaning the people who didn't believe, who rejected Jesus, of course, Jesus became the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So in other words, what he's saying is Jesus is the precious cornerstone, but the very beauty of the power of Jesus as the cornerstone for the non-believer is actually just offense and something they they stumble over and man you see this in religion all the time they just cannot get over that Jesus really is all of it they can't get over that he really is a hundred percent everything and all you need because they don't they want it uh, like when you don't put your full trust in him when you trust in you it's like it's not it's I don't know, how do I put this? Like it's, it's almost like, like what Peter's saying, Jesus becomes like a stumbling block or it's like offensive. You know what's offensive? What's offensive is when, okay, this is a good example. I was listening to this guy once and he was talking about how um, he uh, was going to get healing for, I, want, I can't even remember what it was for now. Let's, 
uh, I'll just make something up because I honestly don't remember what it's for, but it was something in his body. Let's say back pain, since I understand all that. So he had tremendous back pain. He goes to a healing service. He actually sees this. And, and this guy is on fire for the Lord, always serving God, always at church, never doing naughty things, you know, whatever, this kind of a thing that we would think of as like a good Christian, always in his word, always praying. And he goes to this healing service. And he goes up for prayer. He can barely walk up there. He gets prayed for, believing with all of his might. And, and guess what happens? Like nothing. He ends up going back down. He sits there dejected and disappointed. Well, about 10 minutes later, this woman comes in and her body is racked with pain. And, and, and he actually knows her of her to be living a really horrendous lifestyle. Like she only is in church every now and again. She has a ton of boyfriends in and out of her house. So she's on drugs a lot of the time. She's just been promiscuous. Just her life is a wreck, um, and she's not seeking God. She just kind of pops in and out of church and kind of sucks the life out of people. And he said he watched her walk up to the front, and the, the same faith healer guy that he just got prayed for, prays over her, she gets dramatically healed and set free. And he's like sitting there dejected. And you know what's going on here? He's offended because he thinks somehow that his works should have earned him that healing. And he's watching someone who, in his mind, didn't deserve the healing. <laughs> and you know what? Neither one of them deserved the healing. God didn't owe either one of them anything. But the woman knew it, and he didn't. And because she knew where her place was, because she knew she couldn't put faith in herself, because she knew she was so broken, there was nothing of her that she could even offer. All she could do was throw herself completely on the mercy of the living God. She received her healing. She went home healed. And this guy who's at church all the time, praying constantly, never doing naughty things, says all the right things, go praying for others, giving of himself, doesn't get his healing, at least in part, because he was offended. He went in there thinking like, like at some place, part of this has got to come because of what I did. And he left going, knowing, wait a minute, she gets the healing. I didn't because of where my heart was. And that's, that's just a huge, huge deal. So that's why it's, it's, it's an offense to people. It's an offense to the religious spirit. And it's offense to those who, who are fasting and praying and doing all this other stuff. And, and then somebody who's doing none of those things gets like a 10 times the amount anointing and the power flowing through them. It's offensive to them because they, they think that they should have earned it. They think that because all they're fasting and praying that they should walk in way more power and way more anointing because I did X, Y, and Z. And they're so offended when the person comes along who's been eating potato chips and sitting at home and all of a sudden God calls them forth and they're walking in tremendous power and signs and wonders and anointing. That's offensive, you know, to this kind of people. So he says, they stumble because they are disobedient to the word and to this doom they were also appointed. Remember, the, the, this, uh, they stumble because they're disobedient to, to the word. To what word? He's not talking about the Bible necessarily, he's talk, but he is talking about this particular scripture that he's quoting from the Old Testament. Basically saying they were disobedient to the word, meaning put your whole faith in Christ. They were disobedient to that word. And because of that, they're really headed towards doom. Now, now I'm not trying to say everyone who, <laughs> I'm not at all saying everyone who, who you know, puts their faith in something else and doesn't get their miracles headed towards doom. I mean, I don't believe that at all. But what the context here, what he's saying is these are people who don't believe at all. Like these are people who are disobedient and have not put their faith in Christ and they are headed towards doom. Um, he says they were also appointed. But then in contrast to that, and we're going to end with this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a people for God's own possession. And I want, I want to let you know, these are very, very strong words because these are quoted from the Old Testament. And each one of these things up to the writing of this scripture, or I guess you could say um, maybe the book of Acts, did not apply to absolutely anyone except for the Jewish people. So I want you to understand these, and he is not writing to Jewish, Jewish people here. He's writing to a, a mixture, um, but certainly there's a lot of Gentiles in, in this region that he's writing to, these four different areas he's writing to. And he's saying, you are a chosen race to not Jews, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Once again, who those things only applied to Jews up to this point. He's using descriptors that you would never use to describe anyone but Jews. And all of a sudden, these Gentiles are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Like this is what he's speaking over them simply because of their faith in Christ. He says, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And I want you to just hear what he's saying right here. He's saying like, what, are, what is our job? At least in part, our job is to talk about the excellencies of him. The, what is an excellency of him? It is exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about an excellency of him is this. He is so incredibly amazing that by bowing the knee and putting your full faith in him for everything, salvation, sanctification, justification, glorification, every single thing is completely 100% in Christ Jesus. Bowing down to that, knowing and talking about that and saying all of that is him, him, him. It's like we are proclaiming that you too can be radically changed in the twinkling of an eye because a new person and a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is how excellent he is. He is this excellent. And I know people stumble and I know people fall and I know people have issues and I know people go through different things. And I know not every, we're not perfect. And, we, and a lot of us, we, we tend to, you know, drift from the right to the left at times. And, and some of us even get stuck there for a while, but it does not diminish the reality of the cross. It does not diminish the reality of the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And I want to tell you, this is such a strong phrase. He's called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I mean, this is out of anything that would be associated with darkness. He's called us out of confusion, out of struggle. Again, I don't mean struggle. Like we're in a fallen world, so we're going to struggle while we're in a fallen world in that sense. But out of the things that we struggled with before in terms of that, that is not part of who we are. All our struggle is now is to hold on to our new identity and to walk in our new identity, not to struggle, shrug off our old one, because that's already done. That's, he's already dead. Your old man is already gone. It's kaput. And it's our job to talk and proclaim the excellencies of him, the excellencies. There's a whole generation right now that needs to get hold of the excellencies of him and begin to proclaim it. Not just like, let's all be miserable together. Let's all talk about how much we're struggling. Let's all talk about the, the next issue that God is dealing with in our hearts and then invite people into this miserable life with us. Like this is not Christianity at all. Christianity to, is to invite people to, to into a lifestyle that we're going to proclaim the excellencies of him who's called us out of darkness and into his marvelous 
light and that, that we're calling by proclaiming his excellencies that will call them out of darkness and into light and right now more than anything we need a generation of, of believers who know what the excellencies are who can call out on the excellencies who aren't going to back off who are going to say God is who he says he is who are going to stand on the word of God who are going to walk it out in power who are going to walk it out in glory who are going to know who they are in Christ Jesus who are never going to back off and are going to shine forth in the power of God and the strength of his gospel and the strength of his might so right now i hope that is you i know that is you if it's not today is your day of salvation sanctification glorification and justification right now we just need to believe we need to start to believe that he is who he said he was and that by bowing our knee before him that he'll make us who he said we are a holy nation a royal priesthood a people for god's own possession come on he's saying i'm giving you everything step into it right now you are called you are anointed you are chosen you are the one god is calling out right now hear his call now is the time we are urgently coming into the hour right now for this to be the reality so please listen to the words i'm saying we're going to continue our, our walk through peter as he speaks more and more into who we are in christ and the excellencies of him and the greatness that is on each and every one of us through christ jesus by lifting his name and putting our total faith in him i pray this over you all and i will see you talk to you soon next podcast in jesus name Thank you for listening to Unleash Ministries podcast. We pray you are blessed and encouraged by an encounter with the Father's love poured out through His Word. If you would desire to bless this ministry financially, please visit www.unleashedchurch.org and click on the Give link. Thank you.